it's your girl Mish. Welcome to another episode of Love Mish, where I share my thoughts, opinions, and ramblings, and sometimes I'll have guests over, but no subject is off limits. It's a billion people in the world, and I'm one of them. So welcome to my world. Let the conversation begin. So this episode is going to be all about podcasts. Like, what is a podcast? What is it all about? How did I start podcasting? Who was I inspired by? So a podcast is literally like radio show. Not many people, I don't know about you guys, but with iTunes and Spotify and our Heart Radio and all these free um, radio programs. Nobody really listens to the radio anymore. At least I don't. I'll have on um, Spotify, even YouTube, I'll play a playlist because the radio just has way too many commercials. So if if those are down or if they start playing because they don't start getting paid with commercials too. So if those are too busy, I'll switch to the radio. But podcasts are literally um, people who have websites a product books or whatever and they decide to put their talents on the air um and it's interesting because okay so let me tell y'all why i like podcasts when i'm looking at tv i literally have to sit down my whole body i cannot do anything else i have to focus on the screen with my eyes and if i look away or do something else i'm gonna miss it because it's visual it has your full television has your complete attention eyes whole body like you literally have to sit still and look at the screen okay when I listen to music like when you guys clean up don't you turn on the radio because you can listen to music you can sing when you're doing something else you're cleaning up the house so same thing with podcasts you could put them on you can listen you can learn something while you're doing something else you don't have to sit down be still and look you, I sometimes I've been on the phone with a podcast in the background. I'll be researching or writing with a podcast in the background, cleaning up. So it doesn't take your full attention and your mind and ears can listen and your subconscious can pick up on that information as well if you are preoccupied with something else. So I remember long, long ago, I was listening to um, this show called Laugh or Go Crazy, and it was so funny. It was like my first podcast ever with Steve and Michelle. So they didn't have the wonderful Anchor, shout out to Anchor, um, but they would literally video each other. Of course, you can't see the video on the podcast. This was Apple. Apple. I Shout out to Apple iTunes. That's when I learned about this whole podcast world. I think it started with them. I think they were... You know, other than radio, actual radio recordings, they started this whole um, podcast platform, like a market for all the, the podcasts. You can go to one place and listen to all the podcasts instead of all these million different pages. So, um, laugh or go crazy. Um, I just want y'all to hear. So, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to let y'all hear little snips and pieces of all of my favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Laugh or Go Crazy Show. We're your host, Stephen Michelle. We're here to live our best life. Visit us at the laughwillgocrazyshow.com website, and there you can check out our book club, favorite things, life coaching services, advertising opportunities, and so much more. So together we know we're going to live our best life. Take us on the go and make your everyday ordinary extraordinary. You know, Michelle, this might be actually one of the most important, biggest shows we've done in a long time. And it might even overshadow the True North episode, which, by the way, everyone's saying it's their favorite. 
And I remember when we recorded the True North episode, you know, it was sort of, um, I don't want to say by accident, but you had no idea it was coming. And honestly, I didn't even know where that it was coming. But it was such a strong feeling, this concept of True North. But tonight, I do have another strong feeling. And, and I know you, you know, you might have a little uh, inkling on what it is. I just want to welcome you to the show, Michelle. <laughs> well, I, I'm so happy to be here and be able to join you on this adventure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love that I never know what's happening. I love that it's, it is truly an adventure. So um, thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for coming. Oh, you, you're welcome. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's always good when you can join us. Now, <laughs> loving yourself. I want to put this out there because I remember um, calling you in the car on the way to work, and we were talking about um, you know mutual friend, and we were and I was telling you a story um, that a friend of ours is 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 sort of going through a very difficult time, and it's a common um, struggle for many people. And for myself, you know, at one time, and you know, occasionally still is, the concept of feeling good enough, feeling worthy, loving yourself truly, where you don't really um, expect anything from other people, or you don't require other people's approval, or um, need to hear that people love you um, in order to feel the love for yourself. And this, you know, this particular person really is such a good person, Michelle. And he is so loyal and such a good friend and such a good-hearted person. But he doesn't believe in himself on the level of, I love myself. Like, I love me. And, um, and I think that he's always looking for other people to show love. Meaning, you know, it could could manifest itself in how many times you call me or um, have you invited me or um, do you keep in touch or um, whatever, what you how you show um, your friendship or your love. And and if he doesn't get what he thinks he should get, he feels not only bad about himself, but he feels as though that, um, you know, he's not. Um, Worthy, you know, his self worth is coming more from external circumstances, external places rather than internal or intrinsic. And this is sort of, you know, we always say you can't escape yourself. You can't, you know, at the end of the day, you're only going to be with yourself. And we can keep busy, we can have a lot of friends, we can know a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it's us that lies our head on the pillow. And we are you know, ourselves. And we have to love that person. And, you know, we're not perfect, but, and, and I just breaks my heart because, um, you know, I'm trying to help him out in a way to try to get him to begin to love himself and begin to be his own best friend. And he says, Steve, I don't even know where to start. He's like, I don't even know where to start. How do, I didn't know how to do this. And I said, well, let's start by saying, you know, that you love do you love yourself and he's like uh, no you know i i don't know um 
if people really know what it means to love yourself like that's a very big question to ask yourself and I think it's confusing for a lot of people because they don't even think about it in that way and Steve this um topic and conversation reminds me of the podcast are you enough do you remember yeah when we this was a while ago but we really talked about like are you enough like do you feel like you're enough and it's it's to me it seems similar um i it, it, we've talked about this before but you're always with yourself so you, you really have to be your own best friend you have to like the person that you've created okay because you have the ability to turn around tomorrow morning and wake up and change the way you are at any time at any time you can make changes you know in the positive or the negative whichever way you want to go but um you have to like yourself here is a call you can listen to thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello is this chris yeah hi hey chris how are you i'm doing pretty good i gotta say feeling okay today went to the gym got the adrenaline up you know those endorphins feeling good awesome that's the opposite of me i was like just about to lay down and take a nap and then i saw you were filming i was like oh i should call oh, i don't want to interrupt a nap so i was listening to the music Na- well i was listening to the music and i was like trying not to fall asleep with your your scary intro music that you have yeah people have said the intro music is weird and somewhat terrifying but here's an announcement jared has figured out how to switch it so i'm gonna curate a playlist i'm gonna replace that any day now <laughs> any day now Something happy and upbeat would be good. Thank you so much for the suggestion. What if I did? What if it was all super dark? What if I made it like worse? What if I made it really dark? Just like that's like black metal, like those metal bands from Northern Europe that sing about burning down churches. Like what if that? What if I replaced the intro music and then I was like, yeah, you guys shouldn't have complained. You had it. You didn't even know how good you had it back then. Setting a tone for the show, I feel like you—you you know—you get people in this very tensive <laughs> mood. So. I've never heard the whole. You're your job. I have no idea what it sounds like. Really, it's—I don't know. It sounded kind of Chopin-esque. It was some sort of piano. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's just creepy. Yeah, Jared just typed. It's weird atonal piano music. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's precisely what it is. Okay. So what about you? What's up? Oh, man. Um, well, I was just... Uh, what is up? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like waking up from my half nap. Um, I have been thinking about something for the past week that I've been um, talking with a couple of my friends about and... Um, Maybe if you want to give me advice on the situation or talk with me about it. That sounds good. Um, basically. <laughs> so um, basically, when I was about 15 years old, I had a inappropriate relationship with a former teacher of mine. Whoa. Um, <laughs> but this is something that, like, I actually don't. It's interesting to talk about now because... I really don't think about it a lot. Like, I don't feel that it's traumatized me in any way. I feel like I have a very good life. I have a 
pretty happy, fulfilled, wonderful life. And I don't like, I don't know, a lot of people I feel like who talk about this stuff feel very traumatized by it. And I actually don't think that it affected me in a, um, in a really adverse way. But, um, but I have not thought about it a lot over the past 10 years because I've been out of contact with this person. And I ran into this teacher, um, um, last week at Starbucks. Wow. What if that was all just a clever way to have like uh, like grassroots Starbucks advertising? What if that was all secret Starbucks ads? Just you landing on Starbucks. So I need you to walk. I mean, where do we? Where do you want to start? Do you want to tell me how this relationship developed, or do you want to tell me what this this current day encounter was like? I want to hear both. Sure. Well, I guess I could tell you how it developed. Um, so he was uh, one of my middle school teachers. Um, he was incredibly popular teacher, one of the teacher of the year kind of people. Um, I I guess he was always my favorite teacher, and I wouldn't say that I had, like, a crush on him per se, um, but I always really admired him. Um, uh, he was, you know, one of those teachers that I'd love to go and hang out in his classroom um, after school, um, really just loved his class, thought he was hilarious, um, really looked up to him, I guess, as more of a mentor um, than anything else. And um, and he he kind of took me under his wing. I guess he, you know, I was, I was teacher's pet. Um, he, it's interesting because I didn't really, looking, I guess maybe that's something that is interesting for me now because looking back, I see some of the ways in which maybe some of the contact we had even when I was his student was slightly inappropriate but I didn't necessarily see it that way at the time. Um, like I remember when I did really bad on a, a math exam, he bought me a book and gave me a book the next day to comfort me about it. Or he, um, you know, he would message me on like AOL instant messenger after school. Oh boy. Um, and we would talk about, <laughs> I know it seems so inappropriate now, but at the time I just kind of brushed it aside. Right. Um, and, you know, my parents, my parents actually discovered that we were talking on AOL and my dad almost went in to talk to the principal at the time. Because um, I remember he noticed something that he had said to me to the effect of, you looked really pretty today or that was a nice dress today. And we're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Madi. And joined with me, as always, is the beautiful and lovely Dr. Ali. Hey! And today in the G-Spot, we have a special episode for you. Give it up, give it up. We have Magali Renee in the building. Hello, everybody. So excited. You guys are going <laughs> to love today's episode because we're helping you with transitions. We're going to give you all the signs that your life is ready for a huge huge change and transition, whether it's career, love, family, friends, whatever that thing may be that's just like calling and knocking at you, we got Magali to help you with that. And um, there's several ways to pronounce her name, okay? So in, in Spanish, it's Magali, but then in English, it's, it's Magali. Magali, and okay. And in French, it's Magali. She's like, oh, you can decide however you want to call it. What is it in uh, Portuguese? Uh, who knows? Okay. <laughs> keep it simple. Three languages is enough. Some of our guests with the spicy dish, 
this is uh, to, you know, kind of get you warmed up, but also for, you know, you to get in on the conversation about what's going on in crazy ass pop culture. But uh, one, you know, particular person who is infamous for uh, running amok, but also, uh, <laughs> but also like creating this like reality world. Yeah. She's like a classy monk. She's an heiress. She runs a classy She's heiress classy monk. Heiress. <laughs> That's it. Paris Hilton pole dances her way into 38th year as she celebrates birthday That's with it. Kim Kardashian. Now, Dr. Ali sent me this link and I'm like, wait, well, pole dancing is no. a very healthy, active sport. It is, but I mean, I, I literally, like, literally, there's nothing else to send because everything else is so sad and depressing I right know. now. You like to send me uplifting stuff because you know I want to, like, smile. You up. want the uplifting <laughs> stuff. I'm willing to make those deep dives. Y'all, this week has been stressful and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a little bit of Paris Hilton po pole dancing. I just wanted her stripping <laughs> on the pole. She was covered in glitter. Her Look, whole outfit. I support it. I support right. it. What better Loved way it. to go into, what better way to go into your 38th year than pole dancing? Right. You're never too old for that. You like, know. you're getting sexier and sexier fine wine and all that i'm here for it i support it yeah i've done birthday parties before that were like pole dancing birthday parties where we had like champagne and we all got to follow the instructor and i was like this ish is hard like yeah. i don't know how these girls got so skillful yeah i, I can't I, believe what it takes just those thighs i took a pole class i actually regularly when i lived in long beach there was a pole studio down the street and so that was like my workout and i i loved it I loved it. I would love to get back into it because, you know, I was a gymnast when I was a kid. And so there was a tiny piece of me that misses flipping around mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff that you can't just do in your apartment. And so, yeah, it was legit. I recommend it for everyone. Look, I don't think I have that kind of core strength. I can't lie. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I don't have core strength either. sore afterwards. It's upper body strength that you need. I mean, let me find out you got a pole in your room with um, Aaron. You I want one. Down. I want one. <laughs> now that we have a new space, we could probably put a pole somewhere. Well, her bestie kid was... <laughs> podcast hosted by your boy Reem and Mac Daddy and Cousin Ralph from down the block. Alright, All right, welcome back to the Notebook Podcast here with your boy Reem. Ed. Yo, what's good, baby? How you yeah. feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. Cousin Ralph, how you feeling? I'm, I'm really, I gotta get a new name, man. I'm I'm not digging this Cousin Ralph. Right? Like, yo, not, every, everybody knows you as Cousin Ralph. I know, but I'm just... Uh... I'm about to pull a ditty. I'm about to just, every new podcast, I'm about to come up with a new name. You know what I'm saying? Well, I would love to introduce our special guest today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Rochelle. Yes, you said it right. I said it right? Yeah, you did. I'm going to call you Shelly, because that's, that's too yeah. hard to say, yeah. Rochelle. So the topics we're going to cover today is, one, topic number one, your ex being friends with your friends. <laughs> topic number two. Is it possible to be in love with two people at the same time? Okay. And topic number three. Drum roll, please. Threesomes. There we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. We get, hey, we get sticky. You thought it was going to be a regular day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a regular day. All right, so These topic number one. Your ex being friends with your friends. Yeah, ever since you said the word linear, every time you make eye contact with me, I get really nervous. Why? I'm, like, so relaxed. Them, them big words, man. Scare the shit out of me. Linear. Oh, there's lots of big words. <laughs> That's tough, though. So How do you feel about you that? You said that your ex being friends with your, with your friends? With your friends, yeah. Oh, that's dead. That's <laughs> dead? That's dead. You don't know my friends. Once we over, you don't know my friends. I agree. <laughs> you, you might lose the phone, the Instagram, everything. Nah. Really? Why, though? Why? Mm -hmm. why, do, why do my current friends need to know my ex-girl or be in contact with my ex? 
for what? What's the purpose here? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, it's no, you have no, you have no point. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you think about that, sir? I agree. Well, personally, I don't mix the two mm-hmm. to that extent where it's like my friends will never have my boyfriend's number or mm-hmm. my boyfriend will never have my friend's number. So right. that'll never happen. No, I mean, that will never happen. I won't be able to do, deal with it. I could tell you tired of her. I could tell. I can see it in your face. I can see it in your body. You tired. You tired. I, I can see it. How you feel about that, cousin bro? Um, I gotta agree with Ed. Um, <clears throat> if you with me, you with me forever. Mm-hmm. I'm on some pain and full shit. Either you with me or you dead. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> I like that. I you know like what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. You okay. you know what it is. I mean, I feel like, like well, I, I, mean, I don't have a problem with that. Like, if you have, if it's cordial, mm-hmm. sure, but yeah. you can't be like so, best buds with my friends. So you're saying that you're okay with walking into a party mm-hmm. and your ex is there with your friends and you're like gonna mm-hmm. be like, what yeah. up? Yeah, I think I'll be, I'll be, I'll be cool with that. Oh. Yeah. You have some stuff. I think I'll be cool with that if if your ex is with cool. My thing is like, what's what's the what's the benefit of that? Like, how what's um, the point of that? You know, what I'm saying? I feel like um, honestly, I let my my ex be friends with my friends. I feel like if if I know for sure my my friends aren't crossing, you know, crossing me over in any type of way, I think I'm cool with that. Well, let me just let me just <laughs> let me just talk my shit. <laughs> God, please. One reason I don't do that mm-hmm. because I know myself, and and I've been I've been in a position where friends and even at, at one point i brought my girl around my friends okay. not knowing that it's i'm at, not even thinking twice about it mm-hmm. but now that i'm older i'm like yo i was wild i should have been more reserved the way i moved with her mm-hmm. because certain dudes i mean you bring your girl around and it's like yo she may be choosing like why she choose like, but crazy. but don't you know right off the back if your girl is, is choosing you, you, you know right off the back some right? dudes don't know some dudes don't know man I mean, you just, you interacting with the guy. You're not really watching your you lady know. all the time. Yeah, but you got to watch your friends as well. That's a fact. Now that I move, I don't I don't bring my lady around, my, you know what I'm saying, my guys like that. Your best friend will probably tell on you, and it's because he likes her. Nah. Nah. We ain't it, 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 it's happened. I, it it's happened. happened. But I, don't know. <laughs> I found out some shit because mm. the best friend told me, so... This is the Bad Girls Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Jameson, and this is the place where I interview experts and professionals and everyone in between to teach you how to dramatically improve your relationships and have more enjoyable sex more often. Today in the show, I'm talking to Dr. Lori Buckley. She's a clinical psychologist and renowned sex therapist based in Pasadena, California, and she's also the author of the book, 21 Decisions for Great Sex and a Happy Relationship. Myself and Lori talk in depth on how to orgasm more easily during sex and tips for getting in the mood for sex if you're currently struggling in your long-term relationship. Towards the end of the podcast, we also discuss why great gifts don't necessarily need to cost a dime and the importance of sexual attention to keeping your relationship red hot. And by the way, if you want to learn my most important sex tips and techniques that will bring you and your partner back arching, spine tingling, toe curling orgasms that will keep them coming back for more, you'll find them in my discreet and private newsletter. Just go to badgirlsbible.com slash newsletter, enter your name and email address, and I will send these sex tips straight to your inbox. 
Lori, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I suppose my first question is really how you got involved in what you're doing and how you became um, a sex therapist. It's such a good question. It's a topic that I've always been interested in, certainly an interesting thing to study. And I felt mm-hmm. when I was growing up, you know, whenever my friends, I mean, even when I was really young, they would have questions about relationships or sex. I don't know why, but they would come to me. <laughs> so I felt that it was something that I was at the time, I felt I was very knowledgeable in. Of course, you know, I realize as I've gotten older that I didn't know much at all, <laughs> but it just was always interesting to me. My parents were very open-minded and there were lots of sex books around. You know, the, the one that I remember is The Joy of Sex. I read that when I was pretty young and I just became very interested. And when I knew I wanted to be a therapist, I really wanted to work with with couples, so not just sex, but also relationships. And I write it in my book, but it's a known fact that my parents were both married and divorced five times. So I didn't have, yeah, it's so, you know, there's like 10 altogether. So I didn't have really good models when it came to relationships. And I always wondered about that. When I saw people who seemed happy together, what is it that makes their relationship work? And I thought it was so important. And it just really gave me this fascination with love, relationships. And I think sex is such an important part of that, that when I knew I wanted to help people this was the area that i really wanted to focus on and i do love it so who who would you deal with then would you be mostly talking to married couples in long-term relationships or single people or everyone in between yeah it really goes across the board so i do work with individuals i work with men and women who are struggling with their personal relationships, maybe they're wanting to date or meet someone. So I'm also a coach, I can help them in that area. Or if they're having some trouble with their their sexual life, maybe they want to have better functioning. So it could be women who feel that they have no desire or they're having difficulty with orgasms or with men who are having difficulty with their erections or they're coming earlier than they would like or also their desire. So with individuals, it really goes across the board. And I would say really my practice is about 75% couples and the couples could be you know, premarital counseling and they're feeling like there might be some things they want to address in their relationship around communication or in their sex life. And then I also see older people, couples in their 60s and 70s even, who are struggling with their sex life because maybe it just doesn't exist anymore or it's no longer exciting or they have a difference in their desire, their sexual desire, or again, there's just something really that they're they're struggling with. But sometimes it's just, it's good, but they want it to be better. Really excited for today's show. Menace is out of town, but we've got an amazing guest here, Nicole Daydone. She wrote a book called Slow Sex. 
uh, the art and craft of the female orgasm. And I'm so excited because she's based in San Francisco. She also runs an organization called One Taste, which we've gotten a lot of people are curious about it and want to know what goes on with One Taste. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Also, we went to her orgasm pop-up store, which was just a, a, like the cent orgasm central in San Francisco for a few weeks. And so we're going to get into all that later. We're going to teach you all about the female orgasm and what you can do to enhance your sex life. Because I know that you're probably listening to the show because your sex life is, eh, might not be so great right now. You might be having some issues, you know, or maybe it's great and you want it to be just take it to the next level. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to take it to the next level with Nicole. So I'm so glad she's here. And um, first, okay, we got to talk about, uh, we're going to do some sex in the news and we're going to do some emails and that's what we're going to do. Okay, so let me get into that, some sex in the news first. Okay. Dolly Parton apologizes to lesbian couple kicked out of Dollywood. Apparently, oh, right. Sorry. One thing I have to do is that it's free. Okay, I knew that I was forget this. This is so important. It is free Friday. We pay every single day. You have to pay, right? Pay for the show. Every single day, the Friday show is now free. So we've got free Fridays. Um, it'll be free to everyone. We have to, and so just you get the show. Everyone's like, we used to do one show a week, and now you're getting your free show Friday. Also, we've got a, a Facebook event that is awesome. Everyone who's liked my Facebook page, which is Sex with Emily, we're giving away a free three-month, not, not to everyone, we're going to pick a person who has liked the page and they're going to get a free three-month three membership to Sex with Emily. You're going to get three-month podcasts and we're going to pick out someone. So go like the page right now and you might win because every day for the month of August we're doing that. So important. Go like it now. Sex with Emily. It'll feel good. I promise. Okay. Anything else? We good, Aaron? I got everything. Okay. So, Sex in the News. Dolly Parton apologizes to lesbian couple kicked out of Dollywood. Apparently, there's a place called Dollywood, which I didn't even know until today in Tennessee, which I, reminds me of, like, Elviswood or whatever Elvis, Elvis's place is called. And, and they kicked out a lesbian couple. They were denied access to Dollywood. So, they were, she was, they were wearing a T-shirt. One of them was wearing a T-shirt that said, Marriage is so gay. And they got kicked out. And we also had lesbians kicked out of the Gertrude Stein exhibit at the Jewish Museum. So what is the deal with kicking lesbians out? I don't know. But Dolly, Dolly Parton says, I'm truly sorry for any hurt or embarrassment regarding the gay and lesbian t-shirt incident. Everyone knows my personal support of the gay and lesbian community. Dollywood is a family park and all families are welcome. I can't imagine that Dollywood is a family park. But I think of Dolly Parton, I think of her boobs. I think of like her boobs and like her, like her plastic surgery and whatever. Like, I don't know what kind of family values there are, but that's whatever, Dollywood. So that's what's happening there, if you didn't know. Insurers will soon be required to cover birth control. We not talked about this a few weeks ago, but now oh, Obama man. administration, this is amazing. He announced on Monday that health insurance plans must cover birth control with no co-pays among other reproductive health care services. Hi everyone, welcome to the How Come Podcast. I am your host, uh, Remy Casimir. I'm a New York City stand-up comedian, and this is my new podcast about the fact that I've never had an orgasm and I am pissed. It's super annoying, super unfortunate, and I feel really alone about it, um, but we're gonna start doing the work so that maybe I'll be able to. Why haven't I done it yet? We're gonna figure out how come. I want to jizz so bad. Let's jizz. Oh, okay. And before she entered in, our lovely theme song brought to you by the fabulous Sam and Bill. And with me is our first guest co-host. She's uh, my little sister, Mrs. Charlotte Casimir. Thanks for having me, Rem. Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> um, so before we start, 
Uh, every week we are going to have a guest co-host that sits with me. They're going to rotate. They're one of my besties um, and somebody I can feel comfortable talking to about last week's assignment, which we will get to after this. And then the second half of the show, we're going to have guests, uh, celebrities, whoever they are, either really hilarious people, really knowledgeable people, doctors, comics, actors, people who write for publications, all the all that good stuff. And they're going to share their first time jizzing stories, which is always going to be so fun. Uh, and then at the end of their episode, they're going to give me an assignment for the next week. Uh, so that I have to perform on myself or with another person, uh, which is hopefully going to help me come. Um, so yeah, Charlotte's also going to be our producer. Uh, so she's going to be keeping this stuff on track. And she also is going to be doing a lot of research for the show, um, which is, I should mention where she works. Where do you work, Charlotte? I am in research at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, but... Very uh, famous will, HBO show. I will Very say, official. these are all my own thoughts. And <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> this all has nothing to do with thoughts. the show. <laughs> yeah, but Charlotte has a lot of uh, research expertise, and she's going to give us the great insight into jizz. Jizz. All of it. Who's doing it? Not you. What the statistics are. <laughs> yeah, and all that good stuff. Uh, a lot of that comes with knowing that research is not perfect. No, it's not. Um, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff that is so understudied and underreported and misunderstood. Um, but when it comes to you being like, I feel so alone. According to Charlotte's research. She's not alone. It's pretty fucking normal. Is it that normal? Yeah. You want, okay. some, you want some stats? I would love some stats. Can I throw them at you? Yeah. So I think the main one that like people don't really know is that um, statistically, and these are actually from like the APA, which is the American Psychological Association. Okay. Uh, they estimated that women who can orgasm from intercourse alone, intercourse being like just a dick, okay? Mm -hmm. No hands, no nothing else. Maybe a fake dick though too. Uh, for now, I think I'm gonna go okay, with just, go with just a dick. Okay, I'm sorry. The regular kind okay. of dick. Okay. Guess how many people can do, come from a dick? No, who can from just a dick? I would say, going by like it seems like what everyone. I see in the movies, mm -hmm. like ninety-five percent. Right? Yeah. No, it's eight. No. Eight percent. Stop. Yeah. Okay. okay, and then other statistics put it around for women who never orgasm from just intercourse, 70 to 90%. The parental advisory. Good mom's bad choices. Good job. I'm Erica. <laughs> and I'm Jamila. Um, how was your week? Um, I had a good week. Um, I'm going out of town tomorrow, so it's like so much pressure to get me and my kid prepared for that. But other than that, I've been chilling. You went to Nueva York? Yeah. Nice. To the snow. You're going to be cold, girl. I'm excited. Um, I had an interesting week. I had surgery. I'm kind of high right now. We'll discuss my surgery in a later um, episode. Um, but currently, I'm I'm pretty uh, intoxicated. Yeah, I'm, under the influence. I'm drinking water, so if I don't make sense at any point during this podcast, just blame narcotics. I am not post surgery, but I am drinking wine. So if I say anything, just blame the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so today we have our first special guest, 
And I'm really excited because she's one of my best friends. And um, the reason I brought her on is because she is an expert in the topic that I want to discuss today. Do we even like officially name this topic or? I don't know if there's an official name, but I guess basically how to talk about sex and body parts with your toddler slash children because you you have to start early, I think. Yeah, and there is no, I mean, not that I've seen lately any like how-to guides. I haven't Googled it or anything, but I'm sure I'm glad I know your friend because this is going to be really Well, because people think you don't have this talk until much later on. And it comes very early because we're human. And thankfully, I have this friend because she educated me on this when I was pregnant and I did not even think about this. But anyway, this friend has a name. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I would like you guys to meet my friend, Jessica Romo. She is an advocacy program manager at a nonprofit. And I would like you to explain yeah, what so you do. Thanks. Hey, girl, hey. Hi. Thanks for having me on. So, yeah, so my nonprofit works with survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, and child maltreatment. Um, and so we are always having the conversation um, about kids and their bodies and how, as parents, we can talk about these things. Right. So I think a lot of parents think that they don't have to talk about body parts or sex till much later. I don't even really remember when my mom talked about it for me. I know that I had pet names for my body parts, like Fifi yeah. and Chi-Chi's and, you know, like, yeah. it was never straight up vagina. And no, in my household, it was vagina. It was buttocks. It was, like, defecate and urinate. Really? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think my mom talked to me about sex till like, she found birth control on my bed when I was, like, 14 or something. It's <laughs> like, what are those? I'm like, huh? <laughs> even when I had got, even when I got my period, I remember like a lot of my my friends. Um, like I remember my, one of my best friends. Her mom bought her like all this pink shit and like a pink robe and like a pink or maybe it was red. Like to to what are they doing? Are they bouncing? A, yeah, I think they're bouncing a ball. Yeah, I the conversation about periods mm -hmm. and like sex. <clears throat> even though we had like we labeled our private parts correctly like I, I i don't feel like it was something a topic that was like openly discussed like i like i saw in my other friends homes and i thought it was like a racial thing it's like because i was black like we just didn't talk about it but my, my mom's parents were much older and more yeah so i think it was kind of like a more like they were just more conservative and so she did that with me so it wasn't much that we discussed no i looked at the word pregnant as a bad word i remember thinking the word pregnant like, was like a bad word. <laughs> like don't say it yeah <laughs> which lets me know like you had I no didn't, i didn't i didn't get the education that i needed and my mom you know probably didn't even know i mean it's just like this whole hush hush don't talk about it thing and like even like uh, there was definitely not a conversation about masturbation or like mm -hmm. anything like that like feeling it like that was forbidden and it was bad it's a generational thing though too right like now in society we're seeing people are more open with their bodies or open to talk about their bodies people are open to talk about gender now yeah. that we didn't have that when we were growing up um, our parents were just trying to get by and like figure it out um, and hopefully we didn't ask too many questions yeah because it was really <laughs> uncomfortable yeah. but I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to say like we need to have the talk the talk and there is no talk to have it should just happen all the it way should be uh, a conversation it should, yeah. yeah and it shouldn't be scary because or weird 
Dualities Podcast. We're back again. I'm DJ Damage. I'm Carmen Alexandra. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let them know the social handles. Yeah, so follow us on Instagram at Dualities Podcast uh-huh. and tweet us. Send us a Twitter DM or whatever at Dualities Talk. Sorry, yes. I had to double check it. <laughs> We're still new at this. Yeah, so today, you know, last episode, we, we kind of delve in on cuffing season, but today mm-hmm. is all about situationships. Oh, boy. We got a lot of people wanting us to dig into situationships, so we're going to dig into them. Okay, so, so I know you got an Urban Dictionary definition of... Hell yeah. Which I really feel is funny that you go on Urban Dictionary. I love it. Because who the hell writes on Urban Dictionary? I don't know, I hope it's somebody urban, too. It's somebody great. It better be urban or somebody Urban Dictionary. Okay, so a situationship. Uh-huh. A situationship is kind of like a relationship, but more of a situation... <laughs> Friends with benefits are in a situationship. People that are a thing uh-huh. are in a situationship. Many people have situationships with an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. True. If two people are considered to be complicated, they're uh-huh. most likely in a situationship. That's true. If someone isn't your boyfriend and girlfriend because they fear of being labeled, oh. they are definitely in a situationship. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm not Urban Dictionary hit it on the nail today. Yeah. So um Maybe I, you should start checking it. Well, Urban Dictionary? Yeah. No, nah, I'm cool. I'm urban enough. Okay. I'm trying to unurban my dictionary. So I know you had <laughs> some people hit you up in your personal DMs. I did too, but specifically the situationships. They had a question. I can't remember. I was trying to remember the question off the top of my head. It was like, what's the difference between I'm gonna let you say it, I don't wanna mess it up. Um, what's the difference between I think it, you said talking um dating and something else yeah so down and down in the dms okay somebody said do you think situationships are the final home stretch to a committed Mm. relationship or exclusive relationship is it the final home stretch also what is the difference between dating talking situationship and they want both of our points of views. All right, so let's let's tackle the first question. Is a situationship the final home stretch? I don't think so. I think it could be in a certain situation. Oh, look at me using the word. I think it could be depending on your situationship, like how Correct. long it went on. Some people be in situationships for like years. Right. And I think that can kind of transfer... But sometimes when you put in that category of situationship or just like you don't get those benefits of being the main one. Am I wrong? Mm, sometimes. Mm. I feel like a situationship does. It depends how it starts. But also, I mean, like once you're in it, you can be like, you know what? I like this person. Yeah, and sometimes it's mutual and like it mutually moves into something. I feel like the best relationships start as friendships and maybe they can go to situationships yeah. and then maybe be a relationship. But I think everyone is different. I've been in situationships that like sometimes they fizzle, they die out. Sometimes you got to cut people off because they start acting crazy. Cut them loose. Or sometimes you start catching feelings and they're like, hey, you need to relax. That happens. Like everything, it's all different. Now, I do like the second question. She said, what's the difference between talking, dating, and what she say, situationships? Yeah. I feel like talking and situationships, I I feel like they all go hand in hand depending on the person. 
Right. But I feel like when you say you talk to somebody, that's almost like a label. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in a situationship, you don't necessarily go on dates. I mean, you can. Yeah, but true. I don't, I don't, I feel like situationships true. are more like sexual. Like, mm-hmm. we Netflix and chilling. Like, when yeah, I come home over. Dates. Like, exactly. Situationship is those home dates. <laughs> So I guess when you're talking, that's when you're kind of going out, being seen with the person. Right. Because sometimes you don't want to be seen with your situationship. It's kind of not mm-hmm. a good look. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, a couple dudes. Been- yeah. Or like if you're at the same event and it's just like, ooh, like, and they kind of, they're kind of like <laughs> lagging around you. It's just like, hey, Yo, hey. When they linger. Relax, relax. So they guys that do that to party. girls too. Because I feel yeah. like that's something only girls no, so you be trying y'all to duck, niggas do that shit too. So you be trying to duck dudes sometimes at an event. That happens. Um, I always wonder if that happened for girls. I mean, it has happened. I can't say that like recently. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike OC. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. Hey, beautiful Selfish Babe, it's your girl, Olenike OC here, bringing you another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. And today's podcast topic is called, You Simply Can't Ignore Doing the Work. So recently I was in New York uh, for a Black Women Talk Tech conference at Ace Hotel. Shout out to Ace Hotel. It was a wonderful hotel in New York. Really loved it. And I was in my bathtub. Now in my bathtub, I was laying in yellow roses and chamomile because I was like, I want to take a bath. And it was my second bath. And I had bought some roses. And I was like, oh... I wasn't able to take the bath the night before because I was so sleepy, but I wanted to wake up early in the morning and take my bath, and I did. And while I was taking my bath, I literally was just thinking about all the the shit that I want to get done, all the things that I want to see manifest and what needs to be done, right? Because, you know, we can have a plan and we can have a goal of something, but there's like steps There's steps that need to be taken in order to see that goal manifested, in order to see that goal in our physical reality. And so I was just thinking about that because this girl, I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that I want to see done, that I want to see out here in the world, that I want done. I have a lot. And I was just thinking like, you know, sometimes self-love is like not hanging out with your friends and focusing on the shit that you know you need to get done. Sometimes self-love is, you know, maybe telling your lover, hey, we can't hang out tonight because I really want to work on this. And I really want to focus on this and put my energy towards this. Now, I'm not saying, you know, to ignore your friends. I'm not saying to ignore your lover because as mentioned in my past podcast communication is definitely key it's communicating that to them like let's say a friend did invite you out and you texted them hey i can't right now i'm actually preferring to do my work i'm actually doing work towards my goal my dream you know you don't have to say that but you can say hey i can't come out tonight i'm working on something you could simply say that and i just thought about like you know sometimes self-love is really like delaying your immediate gratifications for your long-term goals because it takes the energy to till that soil 
It takes the ener your energy to pour into the new seeds in that ground, right? Because your friendships and your, you know, romantic relationships could already be full trees, like full trees that are still growing. But then you have these seedlings in the soil that, you know, that are new and fresh and you got them, but you know, you didn't have it really watered them like that. And so it's like, okay, I have the trees, I have my friends, I have my romantic relationships, they're full grown trees. I really wanna focus on these seedlings, right? And that's what it is. It's delaying the immediate gratification because of course it's fun to go out with your friends and go to a concert or go to dinner or go lay out in the fucking sun. Ah, waiting for summer. Or of course it's fun to lay up all under your babe, right? It's fun to lay up all under your babe, watch movies, watch Netflix or not watch Netflix. You know what I'm saying? And it's fun to get those immediate gratifications. But then sometimes it's like if we do that too much and we ignore putting that energy into the new seeds, then those new seeds are never going to grow into trees. They are never going to flourish the way that you want them to flourish because it's just like, damn, like you ain't putting no energy towards it. You're putting energy towards everything else and ignoring these seeds and still wanting this dream to happen or still wanting this goal to happen. And it's just not going to happen without your energy. And it was just something that I was thinking about because I was like, dang, like, I don't think I really feel like hanging out with anybody like that. Like, literally, I just want to hang out with my boyfriend and my girlfriend, and that's it for a little bit, and that's just how I was feeling. I already have plans to hang out with certain people for the rest of this month of March, or in this month, because I'm going out of town. But then I was like, you know, I have, like, a lot of things I want to get done. And it's not that I don't love my friends, or it's not that I don't love, like, other people. It's just that I really want to focus my energy on this. And then when I do want to hang out, I would only want to hang out with these two at the moment because I absolutely know that when I hang out with them, joy is going to be felt. Not saying that joy won't be felt with my friends, but you know sometimes you have certain preferences with who you hang out with at that time. And so this is just something that I was thinking about. And I was like, dang, Vanessa, like, you really got to buckle down. Like, if there's some things that you want to see manifested in these next few months, you're going to have to really fucking buckle down. And buckling down just means you can't ignore doing the work. And so selfish, babe, listening, I'm saying this to say that you simply cannot ignore doing the work. Because I've been there multiple times, and I'm still there multiple times sometimes, where it's just like, you see what it is that you want, Right? You actually have those steps. You wrote down the steps. You wrote, you know, actionable steps that you need to take to make sure that you see these seedlings growing to trees. And then you look at your, your damn list and you're like, what the fuck? One of the most dangerous things that we've been talking about and the potential for danger, of course, is CERN. Uh, but yet the scientists of CERN, as you were saying, are very carb compartmentalized and they they don't know what the other hand is doing and most of them have no clue as to what the entire apparatus of CERN is for now I keep up on the news when um, as CERN is running and I'm, I will mention that it is shut down right now it's in its right. uh, hibernation phase as they expected it to do but that doesn't mean that there's not leading-edge science coming up out of CERN and the technologies that are put in there and the most recent article I came about is about scintillation crystals. And I found this very interesting that these uh, developers of phototron, or <laughs> I knew I was gonna st stumble over that word, uh, photonic, 
Okay, so that is light technologies, photonic technologies uh, utilized in, in healthcare for uh, tomography, that is to see inside of things. They are utilizing these, what they are called LFS crystals, high density, fast decay time, very good energy resolution, super radiation hardness. These are the ultimate crystals for improving the image signal to allow the noise ratio for shorter scanning times, for bringing the frequencies together. And so as I'm looking at this technology, uh, uh, photonics and the idea of, of light technologies that are being utilized using magnets and crystals, all of, all of that comes back to me to this concept of body tech and body technologies that we can utilize because we are all, of course, formed of these same things so where do you want to go with that oh yeah i mean you really open it up there so it's you know I'm, I'm definitely going to have some fun with this but you know people should understand that the cern is like the i'm gonna put it it's like the what jay-z is for people who like rap cern is for scientists it's like their uh main event and what's happened though is is that there's been you know a, a quite a bit of disappointment for the scientific field as far as being able to interpret much of what they're getting back from from what happened with cern and in addition that i don't think that cern will actually be cut back on because it was one of those machines that you run it for a certain period and just like a very large house stuff just starts breaking in order so they're having issues from the last uh, thing that I read about is they're having issues and keep putting parts of it back together and and then also getting clearance to turn it on again after there was a major uh, accident where uh, some of the casings exploded and they don't really understand how to predict what's going to happen when they keep doing this and so everyone's just saying hey let's leave well enough alone we've already got the data and the data's still in processing and you know let's let's see what we do with that versus maybe putting a hole in you know the the entire earth here and so but there's obviously something going on on a much bigger level anytime you get that much currency. I would encourage people to really to see that when, when a lot of currency moves anywhere, that currency does still equal at some point human hours. It's like, uh, what was that, uh, the movie uh, Jupiter Ascending, where it's literally, you could, the energy is a certain unit of human life. Right. So human hours, when something costs, let's say, 13 billion dollars, how many human hours is that for all those small parts that need to be made and all that? And so what you're really dealing with on the next level of of uh, of, of well, what would be next door or across the looking glass or right next door is they deal heavily with what's called an egregors. And what egregors are is even when you form a company, it create something on the astral plane. In fact, what generally, it had already an existence on the astral plane generally first, and then it's finally made it into physicality. Then an entity is formed, a corp is formed or a corpse, and then it begins to embody, meaning that all the living organisms begin to inhabit it. That's the people working in the office, just like inside of our body, there's bacteria and things working inside of us. So when that starts, you know, it's, it's another micro macro version of really the same things there. Nothing is dead. Even the steel and the and the, uh, the plastic even has a certain level of life and frequency to it. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time taking time to be more fully present. 
Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Magic Johnson announced his HIV diagnosis on November 7, 1991, just two months after Cookie and Magic were married. That year, AIDS had become the number one cause of death for men between the ages of 25 and 44. 157,000 people had died from what doctors considered an AIDS epidemic. At the time, Magic Johnson was one of the most famous athletes in the world, having won five NBA championships with the LA Lakers. Magic's press conference remains one of the most unforgettable moments in sports history. In an instant, Cookie's life was turned upside down in front of the entire world. In private, she was brought to her knees. For the first time, Cookie is telling her story in her new book, Believing in Magic. I just want to remind the world that in 1991, people were still very, very afraid of AIDS. It was still like you can't touch a person, hug a person. Right. You know, right. You know that time was it was a really scary time because the people had just started hearing about, yeah. you know, AIDS. And they and it's funny because they heard they heard AIDS, but they never heard about HIV. Yes. You know, HIV is a virus all, that causes thought, AIDS. Yeah, so, so we all thought it was go, the same thing. Yeah, you just go straight to it's AIDS, AIDS and it's death. So it was a scary time. It was a scary time for us. It was a scary time for, you know, a lot of people. And and um, then your husband, Irvin Magic Johnson, sort of became, not sort of, became the face for what was possible. I mean, I have to say that when that announcement, I, we all remember where we were, I don't think anybody believed that we'd be sitting here 25 years right. with magic with no. us. Nobody No, they used that. to say he's in denial. Yeah. That's the first thing, right after that conference, all the you know yes. press, after that, oh, he's in denial. Yeah. He has no idea, you know, <laughs> really. <laughs> but the truth is, you you all didn't know either, no. right? No. And now you you have twenty five years decided to tell your story, my story of love, overcoming adversity, and keeping the faith, believing in magic. Great title, by the way. <laughs> Thank great, you. Great, 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 great title. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think it was important twenty five years into the marriage for you to tell your story? Well, first of all, it's just a good time for me in my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the kids are grown and, um, you know, I started my business. So, you know, I have my thing going on. He has his thing going on. But when I when I started my denim line and I, I used to go around, I did personal appearances in stores yeah. and stuff. Cookie John said, I'm wearing the jeans. That's why I'm in jeans, and she's all pretty fired up in the dress. <laughs> I have to wear my jeans, my cookie jeans. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so when I did my personal appearances, uh, women would come up to me and say, I came, to, I wanted to come say hello to you because you have no idea. They would pull me aside. Not They didn't come just to see the jeans. They came to tell me that, you know, your story has inspired me. Your story helped save my marriage or your story... You know, I have a family member with HIV, and mm -hmm. your story helped us. Um, and that kept happening time and time again. And you could see that even though people had similar stories, not necessarily HIV stories or AIDS stories, mm -hmm. that the faith part, the standing by, believing, overcoming adversity part yes. that you speak of yes. in, in believing in magic was what people were connecting to. Yes, it was. Uh -huh. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, and because I never could have made it through without that faith. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I could I could start telling you about the journey, about that. But 
because you know god was all in it and but god is never not in it no <laughs> but my and my life too from the very beginning yeah. i just felt like he's always drawn me to him yeah um and and so i i felt that you know I had to find out what my purpose was. Yeah. What did he want me to do? Well, know? it's interesting because I just finished reading the book last night and I was saying, whoa, you are a determined woman. You must have had a call deeper than most people. You literally got stood up, not at the altar, but you and Magic were engaged twice. Twice. Twi not once, twice. twice. I know, a lot of people didn't know that. I always <laughs> say, when people show you who they are, believe them, the first time, then the second time, right. then, a, then a third time, he tried to break up a third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what point in the relationship did you have to go to your inner spiritual connection mm -hmm. to something bigger than yourself, to God? At what point, literally, in the relationship did you have to go to your knees? In the beginning, it was when we when we broke our first engagement. Yeah. I was devastated. Yeah. I was devastated because, you know, it was an announcement the whole world knew. Yeah. And I was just in the beginning stages of starting to plan the wedding yeah. so looking for a church so you were humiliated you were publicly totally humiliated. Publicly humiliated. Yeah. yeah and then you know like how do i show my face at work yeah you know and after you've told everybody it's like your whole world is crushed at, at 26 you know a young oh, 26 year yeah, old yeah, yeah. you thought your whole entire world was crushed mm -hmm. and at that point that's when i had to reach back and find god you know god was always in my life i was always going to church i used to go to bible study sometime in high school but then you kind of went away from it when you went to college, you know, yeah. uh, hanging out and whatever. But at this point, I was close to a nervous breakdown, I felt. Really? How do I recover from this? How do I tell my friends? How, you know, how do I show my Because your identity was, it was tied to that. Totally tied yeah. to him. Yeah. Totally tied to him. And so that's when I, I, I said, you know, I just started praying on the Lord. You're going to have to help me with this. And one day I was talking to my girlfriend who was married to a player also. And she told me her story. Um, she said that when she went through that, uh, that she just, she just decided that she needed to connect with God. And she said, and what you have to do is you have to figure out you know, you have to go to God and then find out what is your purpose in life and what makes you happy. Yeah. You are now listening to the very first Sylvester McNutt the Third podcast. This episode is all about timing, alignment. Last year, I put out a book called Care Package, A Path to Deep Healing. The very first chapter is about alignment. I was thinking about life, and I wanted to help my readers heal. And so the question came to me, where do you start? Where do you start when you need to heal? Where do you start? Where do you begin? And the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized that step one is alignment. See, when your life is aligned, everything flows for you. Everything goes for you. Everything works for you. To people who understand you, you have abundance. 
your sex life is good. You sleep well. You're getting paid. You're happy. You're in tune with your spirituality. Your relationships are not all perfect, but they're good. Maybe even some are great. You feel good. You like your life. You have complaints like everyone else, but you like your life. See, and that's when you're in alignment. When your life is in alignment, you flow like that. And you can change the narrative and make it whatever you like or whatever you're interested in. But it all flows for you when your life is in alignment. And when your life is not aligned, that's when you have negative account balances. Your energy is low. You can't sleep. Libido low. Diet horrible. Gym. Yoga horrible. You're not committed. Friendships. Eh, sucks. Whatever. Might text back. Might call back. Whatever. You know, social media comparing yourself. See, and that's... That's what happens when you're in low vibration. Do you, did, did you hear the difference in my voice when I talked about low vibration versus high vibration? That's proof that the two different lifestyles carry a vibration. Just say the word anger, sad, depressed, pissed off, mad. It just, it comes off different than happy, in charge, feeling good, motivated, inspired. The words just come off different. So the very first episode has to be alignment. We have to talk about timing. You know, people asked me, it's 2019 now. People were saying to me a couple of years ago, you know, you should really make a podcast. I'll listen. You know, you should, you should really do an audio book. I'll listen. And I just was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> never actually, uh, never actually followed through with it, never did it for one reason, one reason only. It wasn't the right time. And I knew it wasn't the right time. You know, 2016, 2017, 2018, while people are telling me to expand my brand, and to do a podcast, I knew it wasn't time. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is timing, alignment. See, it wasn't the right time because I didn't have a clear cut purpose for what I would have, what, uh, how I would have used the, the, the podcast platform. I didn't have the equipment needed. This camera I'm recording on is nice. I didn't know how to use cameras in 2015. I had to teach myself how to use this camera, how to learn the aperture, the ISO, white balance, depth of field, composition, framing, rule of thirds, warm, cool, overexposed, color grading. I had to I had to learn about a whole industry, an industry I never received formal education in. I had to learn all that on my own while earning readership, while while putting out work daily to earn readership that will one day turn into podcast listeners, that will one day turn into people at my live talks and seminars that will one day turn in to me 
impacting the world in the way that I feel like I'm capable. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of 19 Keys, where we have enlightening thoughts. So I want you all to tap into this latest podcast that we have with my good brother, DB from Oakland, who is an emotional intelligence expert. And um, this is something that's going to be very valuable. They say that anything that can be automated and digitized will be automated and digitized in the future. Anything that can't will be extremely valuable. And one thing that a computer, that an AI can never do is have emotional intelligence. So a lot of people don't know what emotional intelligence is. So we're going to go into it a little in depth and it goes into a very, very, very dope conversation. So I would love for you all to grab your pens, papers, your notepads, whatever you use to remember great gems and knowledge, because we're going to be dropping a lot. So tap in, especially towards the end. You don't want to miss none of this free game session. Peace. Peace. What's up, YouTube family? We're about to get tapped in real quick with Adult Life. Um, I'm trying to maintain some consistency for you all. Um, <clears throat> we all need consistency on our lives. And today's live topic um, is going to be um, about what's your next level and what's the what you need to do in order to get there. What's up, YouTube? So I want questions from you all <clears throat> because I want to know what's your next level, you know, and this is something that I want you all to get to thinking about. Boom. All right, cool. All right, so we're just about ready to go. And in this, I'm going to need some of you all help um, so I can make this as practical and applicable as possible. Um, because often I'm always talking about, you know, getting to your next level and arriving to that next level in life of where one should be. And, you know, I've noticed that um, in this community, in this thought leader community, in this solutions community, in this conscious community or whatever you want to, influencer community, a lot of people have gotten away from um, knowledge as far as expanding one's consciousness and really getting into in tune with some of that more expansive growth. And it's becoming more um, political, it's becoming more pop culture, and it's becoming more satirical and, and, and than anything. And I think that we have to get back to the focus of expanding consciousness and also like, you know, like, and that's why I've been focusing on aspirational goals, but also in the practical sense of, you know, applying this consciousness and this enlightenment to get you to that next level in life. So, you know, what I would like to do is I would actually like to bring people on today and talk about some of the things that you can do in order to get to that next level that you want to be at. And so if you look at it like that, um, some of you all may be at a job, you may have a business, you may have an idea, you may be making a certain amount of money, you may be have creative projects, you may have things that you want to collaborate and build with people on. It can just be mental functions of intelligence, different things that you need to get to because here's the thing about a lot of the goals that we have, right? A lot of the goals is 
you need to become a different person in order to actually execute that goal, right? So what I mean by that is like you have a goal that's beyond your current level of consciousness. It's beyond your current level of intelligence and your current level of um, executive thinking and executive function. And so you may have a goal that may be talking about um, having a six-figure business, seven-figure business, a goal that uh, that requires just a different level of intelligence or just a different level of thinking, you know, that's required within that. And so one of our biggest problems is that uh, we have goals that's bigger than ourselves a lot of times. Uh, what's up, M Billion? Uh, let me know you're trying to tap in. But here's the thing that... If you if you have a, a goal and you're trying to ten next your life and you're trying to do whatever you're trying to do, you may not be that person yet, right? So we're talking about getting to your next level, whatever your next level is. I know that there's certain goals. Like if I want to be in a relationship and get married and you're a player, you feel me, then you know that you're not ready for that thing yet. If you're trying to run a business and you're not an organizer yet, you understand me, and, and, and you're not used to putting together all of those functions then you're not ready to actually take your business to the next level. You got to become a whole different person. And so it's about how do you manage yourself in order to get to that next level and what that next level even looks like for you. So I actually want to bring in some people and talk about, you know, leveling up and just talk about some of the things that's going on in your life and trying to give some practical um, advice, you know, that a person can implement right now because I know our um, decision-making mind has... Uh, and, and the function of your decision-making mind has eroded. Oh, for surely, for surely. Oh, yeah, I'm going to set it up with you. I know our, our decision-making mind has eroded greatly. And I listen to a lot of people, and when I do consultations with people, what I believe are very practical decisions that one should be making, a very practical solution-based thing that one should be tapping into, what I find is, like, this is not the ability that most people have. Um, and so I find that to be a really big issue. And this is like me talking to family, friends, whoever it is, I can lay out some real practical steps and a person be like, oh, and that's because we're not getting into that critical thinking. Our critical thinking is eroding. And so a lot of people don't have those critical thinking skills at all. And when you spend so much time, you know, on this thing, this technology, you know, you become, you know, very robotic in your thinking. You lose some of those human value and those core skills. It's your girl, B. Welcome back to another episode of the Crimson Kiss Podcast. It is currently minutes to noon here in Montreal, Canada. <laughs> I, I want to know why. I want to, I can't even, I want to, I want to let y'all know something. I really want y'all to know that every single time I do my intro, okay? What up, booze? It's your girl, B. Welcome back to another episode of the Crimson Kiss Podcast. Every time I do that, I really want y'all to know that I'm doing a little dance. <laughs> Actually hilarious. Like I'm sitting at my desk and my legs are crossed, like like folded, and I'm like, what up, booze? And my my arm is going, and my torso is moving, and my neck is popping, and it's just a little dance that I do while I'm saying the intro. You know what? One day I'm gonna do the intro. I'm gonna do it on IG, on IG live or like my IG story so y'all can see. I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh my god. I just wanted to share that with y'all. So now every time you listen to an episode, you can like picture me doing the dance. <laughs> oh, but this is not what this episode is about. I digress. Oh my God, I love myself. Anyways, the topic of today's episode is, so in the previous episode, I told y'all that while I was in Miami, while I was away for three months, I had a lot of revelations, epiphanies. 
I had a lot of time to think about a lot of shit. And I learned to did. I learned to did. <laughs> I learned a lot of lessons. Because um, I had some bumps in the roads. And I told y'all that I would talk about talk about the shit, the shit, some of the shit that happened, you know? And one of those things was while I was out there. So in case you're living under a rock, we are really in the middle of cancel culture, okay? We're like, the minute that somebody does something, if it gets picked up by the masses, you're fucking canceled. Does something negative, let's say, right? You're fucking canceled. Um, I want to preface this whole entire episode by saying that I'm not saying that's, that some of the things, brands, companies, fucking whatever artists that I mentioned don't deserve to be canceled. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying this is the type of culture we live in, right? And sometimes we're canceling people off of... Sometimes we're canceling people and brands off of some very valid, valid things. And other times we're canceling people, especially off some bullshit, in my personal opinion, okay? And... We're very quick to jump on that bend, right? And we're very tr- quick to get triggered by even some of the things that don't... I'm going to give you an example. I was going to say don't directly affect us, but they do directly affect us. But listen, let me give you an example. Some of the things that we don't use or purchase in our everyday lives. Anyways, example. Gucci. <coughs> Burberry. <coughs> I can't motherfucking... I can't, like, I don't buy Gucci. I don't buy a Burberry. So, whether they're canceled or not, does, I, like, on one end of the coin, I don't really give a fuck because I don't buy it from them anyway. However, on the other end of the coin, yes, I give a fuck because, you know, these companies are coming out with, like, these racist ass, they're really just be racist as fuck. They're really just coming out fucking blackface sweaters, fucking making shirts, hoodies with nooses around the the fucking neck as if that's some type of fashion like you are not gonna tell me like sorry not sorry but we're not gonna tell me that these companies don't know exactly what the fuck they're doing i'm really starting to believe that like this they are like maybe seeing themselves kind of falling off and like the new marketing fucking ploy is to trigger black people and people of color by doing some racist ass shit to get a buzz going about them right because when you really think about it because i thought about it and when you really think about it it's like yeah you're gonna get canceled by all the black people and all the people of color but then all the racist white supremacists the racist white people who are like pro-racism are gonna be like yeah let's go fucking put all our money into that company because they are just like us I don't know, I was just thinking about that shit and it kind of fucking made me sick. I was like, gross and gross because a lot of these companies, a lot of these companies have come out their mouth very early on. If you look back in time, they've, they've the, a lot of these, the owners of these companies, the fucking creators of these companies have come out their mouth very early on and say shit like, we don't, look at Tommy Hilfiger, I don't want my black people wearing my shit. And this concludes today's conversation. Thanks a million for listening. You can reach me on other social media platforms at www.linktrp.
period ee forward slash l-u-v period m-e-e-s-h www.linktree forward slash love.niche i hope you have a better than great day love you talk to you later Mwah. bye